Have you heard about the latest crisis, Will? Which one? Yeah, pan-European goalkeeping injury crisis. <laughs> oh. You have Mark Antetostergen. Mm. He was injured for a while there, and then he decided to have the back surgery. Middle of the season, he said, let's just get out of the way now rather than making it worse. Yeah. And it was 31. You, you don't want to risk these things. Could be end of the career. Yeah. So he's out. Uh, Thibaut Courtois, of course, is out. you got Kepa Azubelaga in there at the moment. He's good, but you know I don't know if he's Courtois level. You have Nick Pope is out for a long time as well. Oz is uh, Sanchez for Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a, bit of a goal, ongoing goalkeeping crisis in the last month or so. So naturally, people are turning to Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> yeah. We have the January transfer window in a couple of days, two days. Yeah. Where's he going to end up? We all need a keeper. <laughs> it could be Barcelona or Newcastle. Two very different sides of the coin. As he as he's watching Dad Ray say that penalty, I think Barcelona would probably see like a pretty good shout right now. Yeah, even yeah. If, <laughs> even if it's the kind of a case where look, you're gonna come in and once the turns the circus back, you're gone. But if you're really really good, you might get might get to stay in. I mean, it'd be worth this for a you know what else you gonna do? Yeah, but sit on the bench at Barca instead of Arsenal, definitely. Sit on the bench at Arsenal, and every time there's a penalty or anything, no, the camera's 10 seconds of panning to you. <laughs> yeah. Whether he scores, whether he saves it, you have to, like, here we go again, put a brave face here, Aaron, you know, every game. <laughs> time to clap. Uh, one person who I didn't see linked, though, Will, is David De Gea. Yes, who uh, uh, he is now currently joined an ever growing list of ex Man United players who cannot find a club that wants them to play for. It's now yeah. him. Eric Bai was released yesterday. Jesse Lingard, Pogba, and soon to be Jaden Sancho. Yeah, it's like the opposite Tottenham effect. Yeah, <laughs> players leave my night and they never play again, <laughs> which is so insane. <laughs> which is like you know Tottenham players. Maybe they, they had good players, but you know the system or the management just didn't work out. My night players just weren't any good. Yep, <laughs> weren't any good. Bad attitude. I just had a stink of Man United. <laughs> No, honestly, that is nonsense. Nonsense. All nonsense. They say many, many garbage things. You don't know what you're going to get. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a No Nonsense Podcast with Carl and Will. Tis the season for false dawns, Will. <laughs> yeah. It is also uh, our favorite season of the year, the void. I don't know if you have much of a void in Mexico, though. The last two months can be a void. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't even know what day it is anytime, you know, because there's no uh, there's no crushing nine to five to yeah. try and, you know, remind me where I am or what I'm doing. So it's just kind of like, it's great. It's just, do you ever hear like of like total freedom, Will? Never in my life. Yeah, I watched the movie about once. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm doing this. I think I have it. Well, everyone in Ireland at the moment, something I've never noticed yeah. in The Void before, uh, is that now as it comes to the end of The Void, everyone feels like Slurms McKenzie. Apparently <laughs> like it's, Everyone you talk to is just like, I can't do any more. Like, I need to eat a vegetable soon. I can't handle any more of this. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the last two months. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's we are, what, the 30th at the time of recording. Uh, January's coming up, Will. Yep. New year, new me, dry mm-hmm. January. And of course, 
What was it, Rio? Man United are back. Man United are back. Yeah. Yeah. Man United are back. Um, I know. I was watching Rasmus Holland. Rasmus Holland go beyond orgasmic as he came. Yeah. One of uh, five steps closer to prove my absolute wrong. Has he scored five Champions League goals? Yeah, he scored five Champions League goals. So he's got four to go before. Four uh, to go. Um, now, assuming he wasn't thinking of, of the absolute to prove me wrong. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the timing is interesting. That's <laughs> <laughs> very like Lukaku last year. Yeah. But I, I just I just thought like this is this is something a bit weird to watch of this. Mm. You know. Like fair enough he 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 got the winner all that. But I mean did you notice something about all three goals, Will? All three goals. Um more actually the, the three celebrations of the of the three goals. No, what was it? Well obviously um it was Ganesh who scored the, the first two. Yeah. And then Holland got the, the third one in a heroic 3-2 comeback, you know. Yeah. Cue wild scenes. That's fine. But the first goal, Ganesh scored. It was, they were 2-0 two, two down and he mm-hmm. scored one. And he went to wheel away and celebrate until he quickly realized, oh, we're, we're goal down here still. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, quick point ahead. Then he, I think he pointed to the crowd or the yeah, yeah. heavens. I don't know. And then it was like, oh, I, I meant to go back to the start. But I think he was about to celebrate. Yeah. Second goal to to draw two two at home to Aston Villa. He celebrated knee slide. Yes, another goal for Garaccio. <laughs> and then the third goal, fair enough, it was the winner. But like I think we all know what Holland was celebrating there. That was that was all for him. It, yeah, he wasn't uh, celebrating with his teammates. He was just like, Yes, I finally achieved I've goal. done it. I've scored a goal. Yeah. Whereas uh, like you know, the Aston Villa players when they scored it was like a, a not a mute celebration, but it wasn't like crazy scenes. Even though they'd scored away, here's what we're going to do next. Back at it. That's it. Whereas, like, and I hate to bring up though, like, oh, Alex Ferguson was there, all this kind of stuff. But, but like, you know, if you're two 0 down, to Aston Villa at home, it doesn't matter where Aston Villa are on the table. Yeah, it's just that kind of like arrogance of being minded. I think yeah. you should not be conceding any goals to Aston Villa. They're minded at home. You would be celebrating any of those goals, even the winner. It would yeah, be embarrassing yeah. to be like, I can't believe it. Like you're seventh in the table, eleven points behind. Liverpool and your knee sliding after coming back <laughs> to level against Aston Villa at home. I thought these players, like, I've never been aware of like the criticism, but like, they are kind of just out for self a little bit. I don't yeah. think they believe that this my night team is going to turn around this year or next year or the year after and come back and, and challenge for titles. They're thinking this is one more goal closer to me getting Dream Madrid. <laughs> yeah, they're thinking, phew, that'll give me a week's break from Twitter. Yeah, it, it, but it's all about them. It's not like, and like, there's always been articles and people criticizing players like fair enough at the same extent and not as easy accessible like you didn't yeah. have to buy the sun or the mirror you could just like not buy those papers and you wouldn't see it now it's in your phone but whatever like there's always been criticism I think players over the years were just kind of ignored us and said that's what they're going to say you know like yeah that's the media in, that's the media you know you make an enemy an enemy of them but you think well what we're doing here is more important we are, you know, trust the process. We're going to say, but like, I just watching Holland go and say, <laughs> and then the the interview afterwards being like, "I'm the happiest man in the world that's ever been, ever will be." Or whatever he said, <laughs> it's like you scored one goal, man. Yeah, you've got you've got a long way to go before you're before things have balanced out. Or like, okay, now we're back to where we were before we bought you. Yeah, like it's it's you know your your career is firmly in the failure zone, flop zone right now. <laughs> yeah. Even after the one goal, like okay, if he goes on to score a goal and uh, continue scoring on all season, but like 
you look at someone like Darren Nunez, where like he struggled to score, and then when he got that first goal, it didn't like open the floodgates. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's an ongoing thing every week where you have to try and score. And that's why the best player scored twenty five plus goals because it's every week. Can't just like, oh, what a relief! I'm done. I did it. It's like, <laughs> no, like you go again next week. You, you, you know, you, you can't just like. I don't know. I, I maybe I'm being um, you know pessimistic, but I just saw that. I thought this is this is weird. This isn't a good sign. Do you know what I noticed as well about? Uh, I haven't actually seen too many people saying this about Highland, but like obviously he's in the like hasn't scored in so many games. It's the flop and all this. But remember last season where Veghorst also could not score a goal to save his life. Yeah. If it's two strikers in a row, in a row, and both of those strikers have scored goals at clubs they're at before. Veghorst not at Burnley, famously, <laughs> but but he's he scored he other goals in Germany. He scored, yeah, he scored goals uh, internationally. He scored goals in Turkey and, or wherever he was. He scored goals in Germany, and he was second top scorer in the same period that Lewandowski was there. Yeah, exactly. So like he, they can score goals, but then if it's two strikers in a row who go through these massive periods of not scoring for Man United yeah. under this manager, is this not a case of like there's probably an issue here, or something, whether it's the tactics or it's the players? on either side of him doing something weird. Yeah. Uh, which is like, everyone was going on about Garnacho in that game because he played right wing for the first time and having a right winger kick the ball across the goal rather than having to go back and haul in It's scored. revolutionary, Will. It's revolutionary. <laughs> so it's like, well, why haven't we been doing this fucking six months ago? <laughs> it was numerous players after one that they can't score. Um, I think if people look at, at, at scores and goal scores and the way they move, it seems like, oh, it's just like off the cuff. It's natural. Like, he's a street footballer. Really. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like, and you, and you look at defenders as like, oh, that's coaching. That's like you're, you're the line and all that. Like, scoring is as much coaching as, as defending as well. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to know where where to run, when to run, like, like say, if it's uh, Bruno Hernandez, whoever knows what run you're going to make, where to play the ball. It's all coaching. Yeah, you know, so if you give the credit to the, to the defense, was like, oh, that's just a, he made them defensively solid. You'll always hear that, but like getting a striker to out of a slump and getting him scoring, getting the ball to his feet, yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the, the strikers get a lot of the credit when they score, uh, but they also get pretty much all the blame when they're not scoring. It's like just put the ball in it, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> I saw another, I saw a stat where uh, Bruno. It was like chances created in the Premier League. And what the mm. fuck does that really mean? But yeah. it said chances created and Bruno was like on 100 or something very high. And the next was, uh, I think it was De Bruyne or someone else. It was in the calendar year and De Bruyne was on 70. So 30 chances mm. created less. But in that time, we've had Veghorst and now Hoyland. And Hoyland has been the striker who's had the least service in the league this year, statistically. Yeah. So it's like, well, who is Bruno kicking the ball to? And why is Ten Hag saying... <laughs> Kick it to the striker. <laughs> yeah. Like, because he's clearly... It, I don't think Bruno's on the pitch going like, well, I'm not giving it to him. It's just whatever <laughs> way they're set up. It doesn't happen. Although, that's what Roy Keane probably thinks he's saying. <laughs> yeah. He's not Captain Tyrrell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I think it's uh, it's definitely a false dawn for my night fans. If you think this is the, the turn point, I don't think anything has really changed. There was 50 of these under Ollie. The three two comebacks with Cavani, there was one every week, and it yep. never amounted to anything. You were down two nil in the next game. No, I thought a lot of people saying, um, "Yeah, Aston Villa, RIP your title charge, you know that yeah. old kind of Rip thing." But, and- I feel it's it's a bit different this year. I, I do actually reminds me. I do actually remind me. It, it reminds me of that time. What, what game was on that? Gary Neville and. Uh, 
uh, Jeremy Carey, I think it was maybe Man City game, where they're talking about, do you feel that these games don't matter, Gary? Yeah, yeah. And they're saying, oh yeah, well the second half of the season, that's kind of where I felt it started. But then Jose Mourinho came in and, and started leading from uh, early on, and he had to kind of play every game. I feel this year's probably like an old school year, in that yeah. sense. That like, from this point on now, we're just over half of the season. Lost games will count a lot more than they did because you know a lot of players, a lot of the top four teams have dropped points. Arsenal yeah. have dropped points again this this week against West Ham. Liverpool have drawn a few games they could have won. City are obviously you know drawing and losing all over the place. So Aston Villa losing this game again in other years it was Aston Villa versus Liverpool or versus Man City. It's like well that's the league over. You know you can't be dropping points any game. But I think you could probably you ever going to win the league this year? I'd say they'll probably lose two more games until they win it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On top of however many games they lost. You just need one run, and that will seemingly separate you from the rest of the pack who can't put that together. Yeah. Also, I think the pressure is not uh, going to build. Now. It's a, bit of a, a, a pressure valve, a release of pressure there on Aston Villa because it's like, okay, well, they're not that good. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. That's what we're yeah. saying. So, not like, can they do it? Will they do it? I think in most people's minds now, they're kind of written off. Which is a great position to be in in third. To yeah, be written exactly. off, You know, and what, three points off, four points off? Liverpool. Yeah. So I think they're still in it. Um, interesting now, if you're Aston Villa, do you say, right, let's bring someone in January. Let's fucking push out the boat here. Yeah. Or do you say, hey, you know what, if we were to get Europa League again, that would be huge. I mean, what, what would you do? What would you say, right, let's sign fucking... I, I, don't, don't, know. I don't know... Like I'd have they I don't know what their money situation is. Like I don't think I think they've bought a lot of players in the summer, but I don't think I've ever seen them like just spunk money all over the place of like here's seventy million, here's sixty million. I don't think they're capable. They spent a lot of money on Coutinho. Coutinho, yeah, but that was surely they learned from money. That. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. It's like they yeah. they, they got rid of Jarrett. It's up bringing your old friends. Let's build up from the the the, the back or we'll build this team around John McGinn and Ali Watkins, and you know we'll do it that way. But, I mean, you're in a position now, like I say, we were third. Yeah. You could, like, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they go on and win this thing. No, If you were yeah. to bring in someone who was, I mean, I don't know enough about Aston Villa's team to know what they really need or what they're lacking. But, I mean, if you were to bring in somebody of real quality in January that came available, but it might cost you, you know, 90 million, you know, yeah. would you do it? Or would you say, no, you know what? Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's not, let's not tie ourselves down to ninety million and three hundred grand a week for the sake of coming third, which we were done anyways. You know they're in a good position as well with Newcastle seemingly looking worse every week since Nick yeah. Pope got injured. Um, Spurs just got hammered by Brighton a few days ago as well. So it's like you don't actually like all these teams are going to buy players as well, but you're not too far behind these teams that are supposed to be better than you or bigger than you, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think you just keep on it, keep trucking on, and see how far you can get it without <laughs> spending the money. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it, mate. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. No, I think they're still in a good position, and I don't think this loss is as uh, fatal as it would have been in the last five years. I think it's it's going to be a different season, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't write them off at all. I think no. they're in a great position. Uh, well, you mentioned it was a uh, one of. One of the never-ending false dawns for Man United. But yeah. uh, this also marks the biggest potential false dawn of all, as the club has finally kind of been sold um, Yeah, to Jim Ratcliffe for £1.2 billion pounds for 25% of the club. 
But him and his boys, his crew, are now in charge of footballing operations. So they're bringing people in. They're trying to rip it up, start fresh from the top down. So I don't know. This could be an actual false dawn for United or a real dawn where things start to change now. But we'll see how it goes over the next few months, I think. Uh, they're always never too far from a scandal, no matter who owns them. Yeah, it feels kind of like a big risk to me. Like you're spending a couple of bill. Uh, you don't own the club, but you're in charge of the football service. Yeah, you know the 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 part the public hate. <laughs> so you're responsible for if it fails. You spent that money, and you don't even own the thing. Yeah, it's uh, now. I'm sure the idea is over time you can slowly creep your way in and eventually take over but uh it was interesting as well because the the super league briefly returned for a few hours last week yeah and um a lot of people were saying that that was why the glazers who it seemed were gung-ho on selling the club last year were all of a sudden now like actually hold on there might be a lot of money coming to us soon yeah so i wonder will they just stick around until that's officially dead and buried and then ah take it over we'll take the five billion that'll do us yeah, they tried to slip in there the void, didn't they? Yeah, nope. they really did. <laughs> no one's going to know us during the void. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's uh, it's always going to be there, the Super League. It's always going to be talked about. Yeah. You know, the whole um, Champions League setup. And like, I mean, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. Because like, if you have the, the Champions League money shared individually between all the teams in the Champions League, like say someone like uh, Celtic, they get as much money as Real Madrid in Champions League, then that only empowers Celtic's position in the Scottish League. Yeah, exactly. So you just, you just create, like, superpowers all around Europe and it becomes this thing. So I don't know what the exact situation is, but, um, yeah, I think that the threat of a Super League or a Breakaway League will always be there. So, I mean, if the players are sticking around for that, they'll be sticking around forever. Yeah. And, like, I don't understand it. Again, I'm not a money man by any no. stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But it does seem so bizarre for the Glazers who like to stick around to get their few million dividends every year rather than just taking like five billion quid for nothing. And then you're done. You never have to do it again. Ah, well, you can always have more money, Will. That's true. What's five billion when you can have six? <laughs> I'd trade it all for just a little more. You know, yeah. it's that kind of mindset. That's what's called a money mindset. So that's why you're yeah. not a money man and they are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think they probably care that much. Unlike Rasmus Holland and Garnacho, Starboy himself, they can block out the noise, block out the haters, <laughs> and they just uh, just keep on trucking, collecting those dividends. So um, yeah, look, it's uh, it's interesting the whole Super League thing. I guess we, I kind of forgot about that because it, it came as as quick as it left. Yeah. I suppose. Speaking of Super teams and Super Leagues, will um, West Ham. How are they doing this year? I, I kind of forget, you know. I feel like last year was a great year, but this year is kind of not as good, maybe. I believe they are absolutely flying it in the league. They beat Arsenal in Arsenal. Uh, yeah. I just said, this is the perfect thing to do for Arsenal, you know. Because I, this year, I think it's going to be a different year where it's not going to be, oh, you were top of Christmas, and then you, you fell off, you know. I don't think people will remember who was top of Christmas. Yeah, because they were only top for two days. <laughs> only top two days. They weren't leading it up to that. Uh, it's going to change yeah. between Villa and Liverpool and Arsenal and probably City at some point again. Tottenham were top of the start. I don't, don't think anyone's going to remember that stuff. So Arsenal have now, again, released the pressure. Let Liverpool take the brunt of that. 
yeah. they'll sneak in the end and, and get the title. You know, they'll get the double will, the Champions League and the league. Don't you said? <laughs> I said Champions League. <laughs> yeah, it was, I suppose, the Declan Rice Derby. Yes. Um, another man who likes to listen to people and, and do what they say, change country, that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. He was very much aware that West Ham were coming, and uh, maybe he was expecting more of a, a hero's welcome. Well, not a hero's welcome because it was in Arsenal, but, you know. maybe ah, not, welcome. Maybe not the abuse that he got. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, what's he done wrong, really? <laughs> he won the Europa League, uh, Europa, Europa Conference League, and uh, he left to uh, another club for more money. And, he, and West Ham got $100 million out of it. Yeah. They were saying, you should have joined a big club. You should have joined a big club. <laughs> Which is a very, very uh, vague chant. <laughs> yeah, again, you know. What's big, lads? <laughs> what, what is big? What does a big mean? You know, but I, I don't know if it's, it was like, uh, you know, somebody's big for your friends like that, yeah. you know. I don't, this didn't feel like a friendly kind of a, a chant, you know. I, I think yeah. footballers, football fans, they either applaud you or they make a mean chant about you. There's no kind of in between. Yeah. Um, he gave her the penalty. That uh, Roy would then save, but you know they still lost two 0 Terrible day for Declan Rice. Terrible day for Arsenal. Yep. A lot of lot of kind of think pieces coming out saying that this isn't the same Arsenal. Analyzing the stats of the front three from this year versus last year, um, they did a goal score. You know, <laughs> all of the things we heard last year also. <laughs> yeah, I I think it'd be great if they got a striker, but I mean they're they're hard to come by, and sometimes even when you get them in, it doesn't work. You know, exactly. Look, yeah. look at every Chelsea number nine in the last six years you know not yeah. like they weren't good players but it is hard to kind of get them in and score goals but uh, yeah how, how do you uh, feel about Arsenal's title run Will, is, is, it, is there a chance there's a chance because everyone is up and down but I don't know because I think Man City comfortably won the last game uh, they're currently winding up as well against Sheffield yeah so I don't know it just feels like the track is starting to get rolling for them and they're starting to put it together and they still have Haaland to come back and I don't know I just Man City are going to start clicking and not you know dropping points willy nilly against West Ham and things like that Yeah, in games where I don't think West Ham were particularly amazing that game but they were uh, very clever in the summer in getting Ward-Prowse in to take the corners yeah. <laughs> yeah genius I don't know why every club hasn't thought of that get the guy it's like a guaranteed goal <laughs> <laughs> like why don't every club really take a lot of care on their corners and set pieces yeah I, I think I, I did see a tweet where it said corners rarely result in goals it's more of an opportunity for uh, away fans to abuse flair players <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like most corners like hit the front mat it feels like you know like, yeah. very few are like get it in there to the big and forward and he'll knock it home you know also in that game there was another um, bad refereeing call uh, technology yeah. Uh, call, I don't know. I mean, look, just get the piece of paper out. Get the World Cup piece of paper. <laughs> get the sheet out. Get the sheet out. We'll, we'll have a look. Yeah, twice the one season is a bit strange. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's happened twice now to, uh, quote-unquote, a big club. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, end-line techno coming in next week. Yeah, or, uh, exactly. Sorry, next year. The, uh, um, the balls that have to be charged from the World Cup. Yeah, that kind of thing. They won't bring it in, in the middle of the season because, you know, it wouldn't be fair to the other games that that lost out on points, but I'd say next year will bring it in. Yeah. I think Arteta said it was lost in both boxes, which I think most games could probably <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> boil down to that. <laughs> we let goals in and we didn't score any ourselves. Uh, fair. You know, we can't argue, argue that logic. 
God, it, it's a simple game where you boil it all day. Yeah. Um, they had a few chances. They hit the post. Uh, Sack hit the post a bit. They hit, uh, I think, yeah, it's hard to know what the difference is this year. Maybe it was just kind of belief or maybe it's kind of... Uh, a lot of people point to, to Saka being tired. Look how look how how lethargic he's out there. You know, <laughs> I feel like he's always been kind of a, a a slow moving. Like he's fast, but like you know the way Sterling was quite like energetic and darty. You know, yeah. Saka was always kind of like dragging the ball, dragging the ball. Then like he'd make a little dart. Very good finisher. I think people are looking a lot into the like. Look at his look at his body language. Look how slow he's moving. <laughs> like he never shook me as like a very kind of a expressive kind of a you know uh, energetic player. Yeah. Not that he was didn't run or didn't you know tackle or any of that stuff, but it's just like I think people are looking for a reason as to why they're not scoring goals, and it can be just that like last year a lot of them went in when maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah, you know, like that that whole thing of of the shots from inside the box, you rarely see them because you know they're low percentage shots, and and coaches will say you know try and get to the end line, cut it back. Yeah, like tapa tapa tapa. Seventy percent of the goals scored from the the penalty spot or that that area. It's like that's you know that's how you're going to maximize the the percentage of, of you lash it from there it'll probably go in whereas you lash it from outside there's defenders in the way the goalkeeper can see yeah. it unless you play in Ireland of course then they'll always go in <laughs> yeah. but you know I think it's uh, there's sometimes it's not ex- the, an exact reason why Arsenal aren't doing as well but yeah it just feels like it does feel like this season the games against the top four like City versus Arsenal City versus Liverpool all that they're going to matter a lot because that's where the gaps are going to be made yeah and like we saw last year when Arsenal were just destroyed by City they never recovered mentally <laughs> that was it there was, it was done uh, they went on the bad run not too long after that where Ramsdale was having shockers and it just felt like once they had gotten beaten by City at home they were like oh, alright well that's it now. I'm sure that's three points they have that we can't get <laughs> yeah I think that was as well as having you know Two elevens of unbelievable, unbelievable players. The exactly, psychological yeah. aspect <laughs> of losing to City was like that. You knew that like they weren't going to lose many games. Yeah. So like, but like, if you lose Liverpool, which Arsenal did, could we go? Uh, Drew. Drew. Sorry. It wasn't like oh, we needed to beat them. Yeah. You know, you, you like not that Liverpool aren't a good side, but you do feel that they could could see they lose three more games. Yeah. They're up and like, they're down. There's there's a chance there that okay yeah well there's still gonna be a chance like we're, we're, you'd lose the city was like well that was huge, <laughs> yeah. like they might draw one more game unexpectedly but like realistically, who's gonna stop them if not us yeah. you know so yeah I think I'm gonna stick with City to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> it almost comes back to it. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's very up in the air, which is good. You know I don't think anybody yeah. could could really say for, for definite who's gonna win. Well, it's interesting because I was thinking. Uh, you know what we haven't heard much actual talk of this year no. is the top four trophy, which mattered so much every other year. But yeah, yeah. a fuck this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's because everyone in top four thinks, well, I could win it. Yeah, know? exactly. We've seen now as well so many teams like this year, Newcastle United, scraped top four last year, barely got it, fought for their lives to get it. And yeah. then they both finished bottom of the group and it's humiliating and you're out and go again next year. I think now the money in football, obviously Champions League money is huge. Yeah. But with the transfer fees now, you can make the money if you want. Like everyone costs lots of money. You can sell players for lots of money. I don't think it matters as much to these big clubs as it has in the last few seasons where it was like life or death, fort or a failure. <laughs> yeah, well that's it. If you, if you are like a top player, 
you can get the same money in Newcastle as you can get at Barcelona. You can get, yeah. you know, the money, the wages, like, if you have it in your mind, that's fine. I can get that a lot of places now. But it's more, okay, well, will I be playing Champions League? Yeah. You know, because I don't want people to say I'm a, I'm a flat track bully here. I don't want, <laughs> yeah. I don't want the internet to say that I'm, I'm, I've never proved myself in, in, in the big leagues. So I want to go to the Champions League. I want to, also, I want to play with my national team as well. Yeah. If you if, you know, maybe that's, that's, kind of goes part and part with being get a big move but like you know someone like say on the French side a lot of good players there you know, you have to be playing in a good side for Champions League to make that French team for yeah. the Euros this summer you know someone like say Colin Moani uh, he mightn't make it you yeah, know, even yeah. though he went for 90 million to PSG it's like well you're not playing that well and we're actually going to stick with, with the 40 something year old Giroud's so, <laughs> yeah. like if you're in a good national side if you want to want to play in that team like you do have to play in the top teams in Champions League and go far in Champions League yeah. so I think that's the biggest thing for Champions League not just the money for it but to attract the best players that's where they want to be playing I think the top four right now everyone in top four top five because City are fifth or are they fourth uh, I think they might be fifth maybe fourth right now because they're winning yeah they, all of them think well we could still win this so I don't actually give our monkeys <laughs> yeah. about finishing third or fourth or even fifth Whereas usually at this point, like, it's first, second, that's kind of it. And then third, like, listen, just stay in third, we'll get Champions League, we'll go again next year. So yeah. there's no talk because it is, isn't actually really important. It's more kind of like when you're clutching at straws. <laughs> yeah, say, well, it matters a lot. <laughs> it matters a lot more then, you know, and you try and spin it. This is actually a good season. Even though yeah, we're not no, this is what I wanted, close, actually. Fourth, I'm happy with that. <laughs> we're building. It's a building season. <laughs> yeah. Look, we've finished fourth five years in a row. That's pretty good. <laughs> Would you rather not finish fourth? Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking, I suppose, of, of Champions League uh, players and, and, and the best players wanting to go to the biggest clubs and all that stuff, a few months ago, was it October we did it? I think start of October, yeah. Uh, we catalogued the best players in the world right now. Right then. <laughs> right, right then and there, and we voted on them and announced this. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it needs to be done. And we're going, to, we're going to check in now and see if those players are still uh, in with the shouts. I am the best in the world at what I do. Riyad Mahrez. You're the best. He's arguably, arguably, arguably the best player in the world right now. My memory serves you correctly, Will. It was uh, Rodri who was uh, crowned the... The Ballon d'Or of the moment. Ballon d'Or yeah, of the month. Pretty unanimously, he was the best player in the world. Right now. At that second. Um, yeah. I have the other votes from then as well. Because it's interesting to see how quickly things change in football. Again, this is the start of October. This isn't yeah. like January or anything. This no, is this isn't like ago. this time last year. And this is just <laughs> no. like people October who are absolutely fucking clutching us, clutching at straws. Yeah. Uh, so on that list, we had uh, Bukayo Saka, who I don't think wow. he was even that good in October, was he? <laughs> Uh, he's better than he is now. He must have had a good game that day. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal fans love this kind of stroke touching, honestly. So I wouldn't surprise if he was in it, to be honest. Yeah, we had a few Rodri's, uh, Bukayo Saka. Uh, Bellingham popped up a few times then. Mm-hmm. Um, Haaland popped up a lot as well. At the time. Haaland, he's not even playing well. We uh, about <laughs> has he scored since? I actually don't know. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Um, and then we had like someone said Messi, but like. No, he was playing well. 
he he was doing his uh, his world famous uh, walking tour of Miami back then. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the kids him just like walking around and smacking <laughs> in the net. It was with his bodyguard was, on the <laughs> sideline, following him. Do you see those clips? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that, yeah. He he was a worthy nominee back then. Yeah, because it's more. It's not who's the best player in the world right now. It's who are people talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, and now we have the updated list. So this is from around a week ago. So the best player in the world right now, at this second, we have Bellingham, 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 another Bellingham. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people said Bellingham. Harry Kane, Harry oh, yeah. Kane, another Harry Kane. Someone said Odegaard, don't know about that. Okay. Someone who, they were doing the right thing. They meant well. But yeah. they said, look, Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the world right now. Even though he's not playing, you have to look at like, you know. Oh, fool, oh, wait, fool. No, wrong. Eh, eh, not playing. That's he's not the best player in the world right now. <laughs> not how it works. Couldn't possibly. Haven't seen him in months. No, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the consensus was Harry Kane and Bellingham, essentially. And not a single vote for Rodri. <laughs> Rodri's been uh, knocked off his perch. <laughs> yeah, so he's gone from the best player in the world to not even in the top six, seven. I looked at a couple here on X, Will, which is mm-hmm. always a good representation of the, the yeah, population that's large, for sure. Very stable people with, with valid <laughs> yeah. opinions, always. Um, I have a few here. Um, Pickford is probably the best goalkeeper in the world right now. Wow. We wouldn't swap, <laughs> we wouldn't swap him for anyone. Uh, I will say, Carl, Everton are currently 3-0 down to Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Not his fault. We wouldn't swap him for anyone. <laughs> Only we know how good he is. Your football knowledge is awful if, you, if you're using us having Pickford as an insult. That's just uh, in the middle of a heated uh, X thread. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's a much more specific one, Will. Uh, again, a goalkeeper. Uh, Okoye, he plays for a Udinese in Syria, is untouchable. Wow. Untouchable. The best, the best Nigerian goalkeeper anywhere in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> You can't argue with that, Will. I can name me, name me a better Nigerian goalkeeper. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Now. I dare you. <laughs> I did, I literally did a bit of this before, where I said, "Is Saka the best right-sided inverted winger who is probably on his left foot right now?" And you said, "I think he is." Cause I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> like that's if you get specific enough, you'll always win. Mo Salah is the best forward in the world right now. Argue with your keypad haters. <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. One of the best forward in the world right now. Who do you think he's talking about? This. Um, who would he be talking about? Harry Kane, the, maybe? This is from the 21st of December. It's not that long ago. Uh, yeah, Harry Kane, I'd say. Victor Eisenman. Oh, of course. This <laughs> when he a, did the solo in the box. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. This, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about, folks, here. When something good happens, you are then crowned the best, the best in the world right now. It's the right now that's important because if I'm watching this clip. It's hard to argue. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's a good assist. <laughs> uh, here's one from Spring Chat, uh, at Spring Chat app. I don't know what they're promoting. Uh, is Mbappe the best forward in the world right now? Again, make it specific. Is the best forward in the world? I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah. Better than, than, you know, Rodri or someone or De Bruyne. I'm saying best forward in the world right now. Is Harry Kane the best centre forward in the world right now? The answer is yes, by the way. <laughs> That's the X. Wow, he said it up and answered it. <laughs> Let me answer my own question with, the, with an answer. Yes. <laughs> One more. Uh, this is just, again, in, in the heat of a, <laughs> a brain-dead uh, X exchange. Never said he's better than Zidane. He's better than Guti, and he's the best midfielder in the world right now. 
Wowie. Uh, that was about uh, Bellingham. Of so, course, yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, I don't know, I didn't read the whole thing. I just saw that. I typed in best player in the world right now, and that came up. I thought, I wonder how we got into that. I could look. <laughs> Guti, Zidane, and Bellingham. I guess they'll play for Real Madrid, but I mean, still. I like that uh, he's not better than Zidane, but he's the best player on the entire planet right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's already part of Guti. I'll tell you that much, free. <laughs> Well, I did see something else on X. Actually, I meant to send it to you. I forgot. Uh, we had talked about auras a good bit before. Um, yeah. There's a new layer to aura where it's not just people comparing their their favorite players' aura. Have you seen the arguments between different sports on who has the best aura pictures? <laughs> I mean, this is really, really desperate stuff. This is bomb of the barrel. Because I saw a guy today who put up a picture of uh, Pele, like holding mm-hmm. the World Cup, you know, that famous picture. And yeah. he said, basketball could never. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, this is, is this kind of like, um, you know, uh, when people try and claim things for their race. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, that was, that, was, that was black people. That was us who admitted that, you know, or like... I think Bill Burr had a great bit about it. It's like, you can't just say that. You can't just say, oh, yeah, yeah, the Renaissance, that was us, white guys. That was, that was our thing, you know. <laughs> it's like, you have nothing to do with Pele. You're not Brazilian. But, like, it's yeah. like, this is football. This is us. Like, the most hate-filled, like, uh, territorial thing in the world. But when it's against somebody else, like, yeah, that was us, Pele. That was us. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> that guy a week ago was calling Pele a fucking... Uh, he played against farmers and plumbers. He was yeah, a yeah, farmer merchant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's just content now. It's just clicks. It's just like, let's see if I can rattle the basketball fellas, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Let's get them involved. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, there's a lot of that kind of uh, around any time Ireland play, kind of rugby baiting as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like, best in the world, and you lost. What? <laughs> that makes really sense. Can you imagine? And they go, number three in the world, and then in brackets, Belgium, playing <laughs> number 47 in the world. And it's like, you know, us. Us, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and only beating them by one goal. It's like, <laughs> yeah. What kind of a sport does the 47 best team manage to get into a tournament? We would never be able to manage that in football. <laughs> Your ranking system is a joke, rugby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah n- new year coming up always always strange i guess when you, you follow the, the premier league it never feels like a new year because you're in the middle of it you know i always thought in school as well or in college like you know it's like in the middle of the year yeah may time for a fresh start <laughs> i don't know why we don't follow the the, the 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 calendar at all we just kind of do our own thing and then in the middle we go new year everybody it's like is this <laughs> like <laughs> is it a new financial year even is there anything that actually starts in january other than like false promises to yourself, but yeah, I mean, look, it's the start of a new month. More, more importantly, I suppose. Um, so, is it the best time, the optimum time to become an ultra today? Yep. Um, Four fifty a month. Click on the link in the description of this episode. You'll get bonus episodes. Champions League is back. Ooh, February, I think it is. Near start of February. Yeah. But I think there's going to be they they fit a lot of cup games in, in January, don't they? They try and squeeze a lot of uh, cup games, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the fixture the fixture pileup has begun. I did see that uh, the players' union, the football players' union, is threatening legal action against I don't know football for there being too many games. Which I mean, for the ultras out there, that's good news. Excellent news for us. More to talk about. If we need to cover those games, we'll probably have to do a second episode of the week. 
So yeah. when we do that, you can get that extra bonus episode uh, on patreon.com forward slash a no nonsense podcast. As I say, four fifty a month. Uh, join up, see if you like it. To the Spotify wrapped crowd, you know. <laughs> Where st- are you? <laughs> <laughs> Show yourselves. <laughs> There's still a few more who haven't uh, availed of the uh, the option to get uh, a free Patreon for three months. Um, is there an international break coming up? I feel like there might be. There surely is soon. Eventually, we Ireland needs a new manager at some stage. Yeah, that's going to fade on the background, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> the know. longer that goes on, the worse that appointment's going to get. I think. Yeah, um, it'll be very uh, it'll be very low key. I think when it is announced, because the expectation will be so low. You know, perfect for a Patreon episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be really low key. No one's going to care, and you can hear our thoughts on it live. <laughs> No, honestly, that is nonsense. Nonsense. All nonsense. They say many, many garbage things. You don't know what you're going to get. You'll earn a lot more if you listen rather than talk all the time. No problem.